Mm-hmm. We are rolling. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peraza Nutrition Podcast. I'm Adam, your producer, and with me, of course, is Felicia Peraza of PerazaNutrition.com, a registered dietitian, certified BAMF. B-A-M-F. <laughs> BAMF. BAMF. Do you know what that is? No. It's some old school internet lingo. <laughs> it means bad oh. mother... Oh, there okay. you go. That's you, certified wow. Banff. You're the Banff of the week, month, and year. What are we talking about today on the Peraza Nutrition Podcast? What do dietitians even do? What do you even do? Well, nothing like, really. What do you What do you even do? Do you even do? What do you even? Just nothing. Okay. Well, it's got to be something, and we're going to discuss that today. We're going to discuss the route to becoming an RD. We're going to discuss Felicia's personal journey to highlight that route, mm-hmm. um, areas of practice for RDs, and how a dietitian can help you, yes, you, with your daily life. Yes. All right. So, first of all, how are you doing today? Doing lovely. Great. Lovely. Wonderful. You were on a call earlier. Exceptional. This woman's working hard. She's working hard today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. She's working her tail off, even all through this uh, pandemic and, and whatnot. Still working chugging along right here from home still teaching mm-hmm. answering emails clients all that fun happy nonsense okay so let's let's just first talk about your uh formal education starting from undergrad mm-hmm. what did you study what do dietitians <laughs> major in so i majored in uh, nutrition and dietetics and so i went to westchester university um my major, it's a Bachelor of Science. Westchester University in um, PA. Like South, Southeastern <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah. Cool. You majored in what? Um, bachelor, well, it was Nutrition and Dietetics, so that's it was a Bachelor actual, of Science. That's yep. the major. Gotcha. Okay. And what did, you, what did you study? I mean, everyone takes gen eds. Yeah. We so, know that. You know, all that kind of stuff. What were your electives? What did you take? Um, like, what weird stuff did you take that wasn't relevant? Uh, I took a, well... Like kind art of funny. history or something? No, I took a well, I took a film class. Do you remember that? Well, that oh, you watched oh the movie was for yeah. me? <laughs> she fell asleep in the middle of like the every Godfather. movie. The God, it's the, <laughs> one of the greatest movies of all time. She's out, right? Out cold in the middle of it. Outrageous. <laughs> I actually the, liked a lot of the movies that we watched the, for the that night class. The Living Dead. Was the yeah, movie. well, that was the classic one, the black and white, <laughs> awesome movie. And then what was the, there was one called The uh, the Outcast or something oh, like that? Oh, yeah, The Outcast. Or The Outliers. Out, something. No, uh, I think it was The Outcast. We're butchering it. Anyway, <laughs> you, so you took a film class. You took some weird stuff. Yeah. Film class, music class. Um, music class. Personal defense. Okay, yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. I only took half of it because I had a back brace on the other half. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> she had a, some surgery in the middle of college. Mm-hmm. That's right. You had a, you did have a back brace. Yes. Pretty nerdy. Yeah. Also kind of hot. Just kidding. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and then you took, um, well, I, just, I, I assume science. Yes. Of, of some kind or many kinds. Yeah. So it took um, like your chemistry 101, which so. was kind of similar to high school chemistry. Um, just a little harder. <laughs> and right, then uh, organic chemistry and biochem, which they're pretty. They're different. Heavy. That's some heavy <laughs> stuff. So organic yeah. chemistry is like the study of what? Living beings? Yeah. But the chemistry thereof? Yeah. And like, you know, we still go over like the periodic table and all that kind of stuff. Just but more applied to like living organisms, I guess. Yes. And then like a lot of equations, I remember from that course in Fun. particular. Fun stuff. Um microbiology so, right microbiology Jeez. so learning about like viruses and parasites and um that that course was pretty interesting just because it was there were so many different diseases and yeah you know 
Yeah, and, and it's pretty relevant to uh, dietetics, I would say. Yeah. So it sounds like your undergrad was kind of similar to like maybe what a what a doctor, or scientist, or biologist would study. Yeah, like a lot of the um, the students that were in my courses. Um, Pre-med? Some of them were pre-med. Some of them were going to like, well, I guess PA school, but I don't know if that's considered pre-med. Physician so. assistant. Eh, yeah. on that route. Um, some nursing too. So like if they're in like the beginning or if they were thinking about transitioning. So, right. That makes sense. Um, so a lot of more of like your other healthcare professionals. Okay. And then, so lots of science. Yeah. So the, um, those kinds of sciences, like your chemistry and then also, um, like anatomy. Right. Physiology. Anatomy and physiology. Yep. A lot of that sort of stuff. And then you took some classes that were more relevant to dietetics and food. Yeah. So like, um, you had to take a lot of those science classes first, like chemistry and all that. And yeah. then you could take some of the core nutrition ones. So the so. first couple of years were gen eds, some science, some art history, <laughs> some underwater basket weaving. Oh, yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mixing and then you, you got into... Um, like you did like a food service management class and like a clinical nutrition. And yeah. So my food service management, um, there was a couple of different uh, tiers to it. So one uh, aspect of food service management was just more so on like the actual, like how to manage. Um, oh, like man- literally management. Yeah. Okay. Literally management and like full-time equivalents. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. FTEs. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things go. like oh that. Oh my God. That was, um, I was swimming in that crap for a while. <laughs> Um, budgets, even like menu planning and marketing aspects yeah. too. Yeah. Um, too bad you never got to use it. What a shame. <laughs> yeah. Just for reference, I was in food service management for a few years before I retired from food mm-hmm. service. But you took some of the same classes that I took in college. Oddly enough, business yeah. administration, food nutrition, or dietetics. Wouldn't think mm-hmm. there'd be much overlap. So, you know, it's it sounds like just from talking about what you took in college, it, it kind of sounds like, and this was always my impression, sort of that nutrition is sort of a sliver of biology mm-hmm. with some applied chemistry. Yeah. So it's really it's really a matter of science, nutrition. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and even like the one of the definite I mean there's so many definitions of, of, of nutrition. nutrition, but um that's included in it, is it's a science. It's something I like always say to people. Too. Yeah, it is it is absolutely a science, mm-hmm. which is it's just so funny to think about that because you find that a lot of people have some very serious opinions about nutrition which is just ironic because you would think that someone's opinion wouldn't be valued to another science say if i had an opinion about physics what value would that have physics is just kind of what it is if i had the opinion that the speed of gravitational acceleration was eight meters per second squared instead of nine or something like why would that matter you can you can sort of apply the same line of logic to nutrition i mean it is a science yeah it is absolutely a science it is chemistry and biology happening inside the human body yeah and that's what you learned about in college rolled into some classes that really dial it in to food yeah food and like disease specific courses too so like one course i took was called um, medical nutrition therapy so we went through all the different you know diseases and things like diabetes renal disease you know Stuff that diet heavily influences. Yeah. Heart disease, I guess. Yes, heart disease. Absolutely. Yeah. And big so, stuff. Big big, uh, big killers in the United States. Some serious problems. Yeah. And just, you know, not only learning what the diseases are, but how to manage them with nutrition, basically. Interesting. 
So it's starting to sound like maybe you have an informed opinion on nutrition and maybe there's a reason you're a dietitian. Maybe there was some stuff that you studied in college that made it easy for you to formulate opinions about food and, you know, the way you should eat. I mean, I guess because... Only. I'm 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 <laughs> cracking a joke here that you know literally everyone <laughs> online is like a is like a food expert. I mean mm-hmm. everyone has this such a strong opinion on what they should and shouldn't eat, and it's just it's funny because when I mean I have the benefit of living with someone who is a certified <laughs> quite quite literally certified expert in what you should eat and how it affects your body, and you just see some of the craziest stuff coming out of the internet. But what else is new? You can look at anything and get some crazy mm-hmm. stuff from the folks on the internet. So. Yeah. You completed your bachelor's. Yes. What was the next step? So the next step was to apply for what's called a dietetic internship. So that um, is something you do after you finish your degree and have um, a bachelor's. And it was nine months long, 1,200 hours. Oof. Full time? Full time. Like 40 hour weeks? Yeah. the one I did. (laughs) The one I did was full time. um, And then it was... they're generally unpaid. Mine was unpaid. So you actually pay them. Um, point that Ew, out. Gross. <laughs> so, Got to pay the yeah. piper for your free labor. Yes. That's so. weird. That's like a reverse job. Yeah. I wonder if that's much. a real thing. Maybe. <laughs> a reverse job. So... You got yourself a reverse job. Yes. You signed up, but you it was it was quite a process to even get accepted into an internship. So you had to apply for the privilege of buy of someone else owning your labor at the cost of you yeah (laughs) and it was a it was a it was quite a process i remember you applying to a lot of different places Mm -hmm. um you you got you matched with like your third so explain explain the process for like the application and and, and what you actually have to go through yeah so you when you do the process it's called um a matching process basically um and through the software you upload like your resume and your references and all that kind of stuff and you pick the internships that you're planning to apply to and so I think I ended up applying to like eight or so because I didn't want to go through it again because it was like five hundred dollars and each application was its own fee too so it was like you know didn't want to do it twice um so when you match when you rate your internships you rate them on what you would like first so the first one is number one number two number three so I didn't get matched to my first two which meant that they didn't choose me in their right. list. So yeah, I got matched to my third. Was your first Sodexo? Yeah, it was Sodexo, Aramark. Aramark. And they were, you know, they were ones that I like didn't think I was going to get. Well, they're really competitive. They're super competitive. They don't really have a ton of spots. So See, that's um, that's how yeah. we knew each other initially. We both worked um, in a facility that was managed by Sodexo. I later wound up working for Sodexo in management and even though she had ins, mm-hmm. still didn't get accepted. Had you had glowing reviews. And some pretty straight up co- like connections. Yeah. And it didn't. It just didn't pan out. So you no. got your. You didn't get your first or second, but you got your third. I got my third. Yeah. You matched with your third. I got matched with my third. And what's what's funny is I did get a um an interview for for Sodexo. Okay. And they told me that like over three hundred and fifty people had applied for that one. So for that one spot or like however many. There was spots. like five spots. So it was like yeah. You know, so I didn't it's, feel it's super thin. competitive. Yeah. But <laughs> um, you got in with what was it? Utah. Utah State University. Cool. Yep. So. And that was a remote program. Yes. So it, it was called a distance distance internship. So mm. basically, I went to Utah State University once. Um, for just like orientation. Yeah, um, I remember when you flew out. She sent me some 
back some bomb scenic pictures. That yeah. place is beautiful. It's in Salt Lake City, so so nice. Really cool. Really cool shots. I wish I could have gone with you. Yeah. But anyway, you um, went to when you went to Salt Lake City for a day. For um, oh, you were out there like, for a little while. Yeah, I think it was like five days. I think in total. A little vacation. Um, yeah, and then so that was like orientation. So I met the other interns and. Um, the internship directors and we actually did some like coursework type stuff too okay um, so like case studies and they just kind of like reviewed what you basically are going to be doing throughout the internship so um, with doing a distance program I had to actually set up the rotations I was going to be at so I had to set up the site that I was going to go to for my food service so just just to break it down a little bit so all right you finished your bachelor's mm-hmm. science electives art history done yeah oh you minored in, in college too briefly yeah I, I didn't finish the minor um, but that's something that some people do i think you what was it like exercise science mine was exercise science um whatever you didn't yeah. need the minor anyway she's she's no. got her her personal trainer cert anyway yeah for, for that like, worked out better actually <laughs> ascm or nasm or one of them acsm there you go yeah certified personal trainer also as well in addition so you finish college boom you're done congratulations now you have to pay for a nine month long internship Woo. you have to get into the one that you want rejected rejected boom you're in but it's a distance program yep. fly out to utah for five days yes hang out go through their ropes and whatnot come back and then you have to literally set up the rotations for your internship so mm-hmm. you know you're doing what like eight long eight week long intervals for yeah, so with my program in particular, my my first rotation was food service management and school nutrition education. Was that Pembury? Pensbury. Pensbury. Yep. So, so you were at a school district. Yep, so I was in the Pensbury school district. So I You was were in, a lunch lady. I wasn't a lunch lady. You were, I mean, I you did were serve. hanging out with the lunch ladies. <laughs> I did serve on the lunch lady. But so were, you were a lunch lady. Yeah, they There's were. no shame in being a lunch lady. What's no, they you? were awesome she, The lunch too. lady was my favorite person <laughs> when I was in elementary school. So sweet, so nice. I still remember most of the faces of the lunch ladies that I ever had. <laughs> When I was in uh, in in middle school and high school mm-hmm. too, super nice. I mean, they I'm sure they loved working there. It's probably an awesome job, honestly. Yeah. Like it's probably a cool job to just relax into as you're getting a little older and kind of like semi-retired. Yeah. I might go be a lunch lady too. I mean, a lot of them they were they were such. Sweet Do you think people. I'd be a good lunch probably. lady or? Although yeah. I was gonna say you should lunch probably, man. It was it was more fun being in like the um like. The, the younger kids like with like, I'm sure K to, yeah. <laughs> K to five younger the <laughs> younger kids are more fun I could see the older kids yeah. being a little not so nice yeah so you, so one one of your rotations it was eight weeks was it uh that the food or service rotation weeks. was um was uh 12 12, 12 weeks? weeks yeah so okay. then there was a school nutrition education um, piece of it too so i actually dressed up as a peapod oh a i remember that jesus <laughs> i'll throw the uh, i'll throw a picture up of her in her, her peapod costume yeah find it. i was a peapod and i dressed up as a banana because it was school nutrition week so i um, oh yeah i gave out stickers to every kid that had fruits and vegetables so. <laughs> the, the peapod was an interesting choice it, <laughs> it looked like a peapod but it you could have been <laughs> construed to look like some other you'll see you'll <laughs> if, if you know what i mean you know exactly what i mean if you're looking at it right now it was an old costume anyway <laughs> Yes, it was an old, saggy costume. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. So after food service, um, that rotation, then I went to community nutrition, which I did at a WIC site. So WIC is? It stands for Women, Infant, Children. Okay. So, so they, it's like a public assistance kind of a deal? Yeah. So um, it's for women who are um, breastfeeding or for like children under the age of five. Um, and they have to be at a nutritional risk. So 
the risk primarily was that they were a lot of the children were iron deficient. Oh, um, okay. And so they would get WIC vouchers. So sometimes they were for formula. So like food stamps, kind not, of, or not. It's some, kind of like else? food stamps, but the thing with WIC is that it's very particular foods. So it's like stamped on a voucher that they bring to the grocery store. They can only buy what's stamped on the voucher. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yes. Got it. It's so like it's very particular. Very specific gift card. Yes, yes. It tells cool. you they can this much milk, this much that. So, yeah. Got it. So you did one for community nutrition with WIC for a rotation. You hung out and you just kind of worked with everybody and you learned the environment and you learned the, what the duties were. Mm-hmm. And did you work with dietitians there? So there was there was actually one dietitian there and then they had um, nutrition educators. So okay. people would come in, get their WIC check, and then they would sit down with an educator and, and go over some nutrition and then... I did like presentations for the staff too. Okay. So, you know, on hot topics or things like that. Yeah. That makes sense. And then, so did you, did you do a rotation in a hospital? Yes. So my rotation was set up where um, I did an inpatient rotation. So I was at a hospital for six weeks. That was at Grandview Hospital in Sellersville. The one was like an hour away. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Um, So that was inpatient. So I I was in the ICU. I did, um, like your their cardiac floors and like did like tube feeding recommendations in the ICU. Fun, fun <laughs> calculations. Stuff. Some More dietitians formulas. love that. Yeah, I, I, I did not. <laughs> yeah, I watched. Like I, I, you showed me like the formulas you had to do the one time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You think you never need algebra, and then you become a dietitian. <laughs> So, so you did a bunch of these rotations in a mm-hmm. bunch of different places, and effectively, you got a taste or an experience of the various roles that you could end up filling. Yeah. Um, and then, so what else, what other, what other rotations did you do? Um, so my inpatient was six weeks and then I did, um, three weeks at a long-term care facility. Okay. Um, and it was like a nursing and rehab facility. Mm -hmm. And then my last rotation was actually, uh, two weeks at, um, um, an eating disorder. Well, it wasn't just eating disorders, but it was a behavioral health like hospital. A mental health kind of a deal? Yeah. Okay. So it was um, eating disorders and then also mental health conditions right. too. So. Okay. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. Mm-hmm. So it gave you a lot of experience in the field in terms of, of potentially what a dietitian could end up doing. There's a lot of roles yeah. that you could end up filling as a dietitian. Interesting because you don't really think about it, but you know, you finished your rotation, mm-hmm. you finished all your, your internship and, and whatnot. Um, and then you come out of the internship and then what do you do? So after you pass the internship, cause there's classes that you take. Or what did during, you do? Um, what I did after that was, um, studied for about, I don't know. I think it was like a month I ended up studying. I was studying throughout my internship and for then your I, boards, for my boards. So there's a yes. board they have to pass and become certified with mm-hmm. just like an RN would many yep. other medical, uh, professionals need to pass some sort of board. Yep. So my state certified. Uh, so it's a national exam. So okay. it's a so it's a national. Yep. Okay. So for the national exam, it's, um, I think I think it's in a, like two hours long that you sit for it, um, but I studied for about a month or so and mm. then sat for the board. So um, sat for the boards. Freaking nailed it. Yes. Obliterated a dietitian. <laughs> and then so that so undergrad four years mm-hmm. nine month long internship. Study for your boards, pass your boards. Yep. Now you are a registered dietitian, nationally recognized in terms of the credential. Mm-hmm. The bachelor's degree is is required to take to sit for that board, correct? Yes. And the internship. Yeah. And so you must do it. Yes, and that's something that it, it's going to be required to be a master's actually. Okay. In twenty twenty four. So so next so the next batch of dietitians coming out of school that are going in now they're going to need their masters. Yes. Uh, okay. 
but you got out, you were an RD, a registered dietitian Mm -hmm. with your bachelor's and your internship under your belt. You, in this case, did go back for your master's, but you didn't go back right away. No, I I waited about a year. um, And and you were working. Yes. You were working. So from from what I remember, you were working at the Y, the YMCA. Not for my master's. I was at shop. Well, before your master's. Oh, yeah. Before my master's. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So you got out of college. Yes. And I think maybe even while you were doing your internship a little bit or Mm -hmm. and after you passed your boards and you became an RD, you were working at the Y. Yes. And what were you doing at the Y? So I was doing... Um, Does everyone know what the YMCA is? It's like a community center slash gym kind of, yeah, a, kind of a deal. It's I a nonprofit. Um, they have classes for like kids, um, you know. Like after school programs. After and school programs, child care, um, pre-ed- preschool. Pre-education too. Right yep. Then. Yeah. Um, and they... So I was already working there. Um, I used to teach gymnastics classes. That was yeah. And you did like you did like swimming instructions? <laughs> yep. Swimming for like little kids. Not like, you know, it's like yeah. up to like age seven. Yeah. <laughs> Tumbling. Ob- ob- obscure fun fact. That's the YMCA that I went to when I was a little tiny child. Oh, that's right. And um, I must have had classes with Felicia's mom I at that point sure. because she was there in early childhood mm-hmm. education or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there for, for a few years. Yeah. So it's interesting. And, you know, we didn't know each other until we were both in our like late teens, early 20s working at a hospital together. But yeah. just funny that just our, funny. our paths crossed a little bit early in life. Interesting little tidbit. Anyway, you were working there um, before college mm-hmm. and you continued to work there. Your mother worked there, too, which is yep. really cool. You guys got to work together. Mm-hmm. And then you were working sort of as a dietitian. Yeah. So before I became a dietitian, um, they actually I was able to do some classes there. So I did like some weight management classes and like nutrition seminars and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. Nice. And then once I became a dietitian, then I started doing uh, one-on-one counseling and, and group classes that were kind of centered around counseling. Okay. So, so that's that's some good experience. Yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. And you didn't have to pay them, they paid you. Yes. Unlike your internship. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm setting the stage here because one thing I think that's unfortunate with dietitians is that your expertise is sort of not only undersold, but also understated. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't know that dietitians do all this stuff. And a lot of people that do know what dietitians do and who they are still would rather hear it from their doctor. Yeah. Which is ironic to me because, I mean, doctors take a nutrition class in college, but they take a nutrition class in college. Mm-hmm. It's not really their concentration, especially a general practitioner, like a doctor, like a family doctor. Yeah. I mean, granted, obviously doctors are medical experts. Absolutely consult your doctor for, for literally everything. Always, you know, go get your blood checked and, and mm-hmm. you should see your doctor regularly. Absolutely see your doctor. But you know, if your doctor tells you one thing about food and what you should be eating and a dietitian tells you something that's a little different, the unfortunate thing is that everyone's really going to go with their doctor. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I wish that, you know, there'd be better partnerships between the two because you absolutely want to work with a doctor, you know, the doctor, yeah. you know? but it works so well when, when the dietitian and the doctor and, you know, obviously the client too are all working together. It just right. Makes, you know, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's an unfortunate stigma. Um, obviously, I have the benefit of having a much deeper knowledge of this, not only working with dietitians in a professional setting, because, you know, that was kind of my career for a while, but also living in, and, and <laughs> going through life with you. So I, I know the process very, I know the process very intimately mm-hmm. uh, compared to most people, I guess. But anyway, you you had your first job as a as sort of a dietitian, pre-dietitian. You're at mm-hmm. the Y. You, you finish your internship. You become a dietitian. You're credentialed. 
and you're still working at the Y, but then you got your first real job. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which was? Uh, I was a retail dietitian at a ShopRite. Retail dietitian. Yes. So what so I worked, What the F is that? <laughs> so I worked at, in a supermarket. Um, I actually had a desk on the floor in the supermarket next to pharmacy. Heck yeah. yeah so. It was, um, it, what was it an Acme? It's a ShopRite. 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 Yeah. Um, and it was, it's such a, it was such a great first job. Like, you know, big dietitian job, I should say. Yeah. Um, well, and, you, you were, uh, a, literally a dietitian. That was your title. Yes. Yep. And it was a salaried position, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of fun. And you just, I, I did so much too. I did like cooking you were there. And yeah. classes and You were counseling. there for a while. Yeah. yeah. You did cooking classes. You did group sessions with counseling people. Mm-hmm. Um, you did like one-on-one appointments. Mm-hmm. You had your little nook. You did like food taste testing and, yeah, and recipe like ideas recipe and stuff like that. Recipe demos and yeah, just it was a, on the spot questions. <laughs> didn't you, you started out part-time though. I did. Yeah. I started out part-time because they weren't sure if they were going to have the position there and then it expanded full-time. So right. I was lucky. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I remember, you know, you liked it and then you didn't like it for some things and then, you know, it was, it was, it was a job just mm-hmm. like anything else. You were there for a couple of years. Um, almost, I think it was a little over two years that I was there. So cool. Yeah. So at this point in your career, you've worked at a an OYMCA mm-hmm. doing classes. You worked at a, uh, um, a sh- food shopping grocery mm-hmm. store, essentially. Yep. Uh, you worked at a hospital prior to this in food nutrition as a call center operator. Yes. So you got some clinical experience there, some exposure to uh, the steps and whatnot, working side by side with dietitians in a clinical setting. And then you did something extraordinary. I quit my job. She did. <laughs> she quit her job. She took the leap. Well, you went back for your master's. I did. So let's let's pause. So yeah. you, went, you went back for your master's degree. Yes. With Utah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. So you you she went essentially attended um, Utah State University as a virtual student. Yes, it was online. So. And you got mm-hmm. your master's degree. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah! Congratulations. It was a good high five. It was a good high five. <laughs> it was a good high five because you have a master's degree and yes. you know how to do good high fives. <laughs> That's what you get. It's part of the package. So you have a master's. Mm-hmm. What is your master's in? Dietetics administration. So your master's degree is in dietetics administration. Yes. My bachelor's degree is in business administration. <laughs> they both have the word administration in them, and that's all they have in common. But that's pretty, uh, you know, a master's degree is nothing to sneeze at. That's a pretty mm-hmm. significant feat. Now, I'm just going to gush a little bit. Felicia completed her master's degree while she was working full-time, just having been in a rather horrific car accident, recovering from the car accident. Mm. It was bad. She juggled a full-time job, getting her master's degree successfully, killing the game, while recovering from this ridiculous... I mean, your car was totaled. Yeah. It was a a bad day. Mm -hmm. It was a bad time. Um, All the while, plugging away to start your own business. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. A lot. <laughs> Incredible. I'm round of applause. I'm just going to sound effects. It's happening right now. So, um, all right. So you're at ShopRite for a while. Mm-hmm. All this stuff happens. You complete your masters. They slide you a little, little extra. For yeah. Your masters, yeah. they say, you know what, Felicia, you're valuable. You have a master's degree. You have an MS after your name mm-hmm. now. A little more money. Couldn't keep you. Couldn't hold you down. <laughs> nope. Sorry, I'm going to do my own thing. And then you mm. took the leap. Yep. And you started a private practice. I did. Yep. Tell us about that process. Of starting the practice itself? Sure, yeah. So um, I started building it in like 2015, but it really wasn't full time until 2016. Right. So um, I was doing one on one sessions with clients. So, so was, you were being referred clients 
by insurance companies. Yeah. So I, the first year, um, I wasn't taking insurance. I was just doing self-pay. And then I became a provider, which is kind of a process to become a provider for insurance companies. So you sign up with like Blue Cross Blue Shield as a provider for mm-hmm. dietetic services. Yeah. So you have to apply to become a provider. They let you into the network. There's a whole credentialing process and contract stuff and all that kind of jazz. Right. Um, and then you're a provider. And so you're listed on the portal so it's like if you were to find a doctor near you it's the same idea you could find a dietitian yeah so if you go online through your insurance company and you know they re- they recommend professionals to you mm-hmm. felicia's name showed up in the list of dietitians in your area yes for instance yep so you search your zip code you could you know right. be able to find it and, and what's interesting is most people don't realize that they are covered through their insurance provider for like three or six yearly appointments with a dietitian something like that yeah it depends on the plan but there's um you know like independence uh, one of the one of the better plans with them is they cover six visits with a dietitian per year. So it's yeah. like really awesome. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't know that and it's just not front and center in terms of your insurance program, but it is something that people absolutely should take advantage of. It is a service you are paying for through your benefits, through your employer or your private plan. And you should absolutely seek out the advice of a dietitian. You're essentially already paying for it. So it's yeah. cool. It's something you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that became your, well, you were kind of doing it part-time while you were shop, right, a little bit. Yeah, I was doing that part-time. I was seeing clients, but then I was also doing classes and cooking classes. Yeah, so, so you were going downtown. You were going downtown and doing these classes mm-hmm. for these companies. Yes. You were on like a billboard or something. Weren't you? I was on a newspaper stand. It's still there, actually. Is it really? It's on the side. Nice. So they did that. So she's basically famous. <laughs> Who saw you on a billboard? Or were you in a commercial too? On TV? I was in a commercial for Independence. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> for so that. You were you're all over the place, and yeah. that was a cool setup. It was pretty slick. They had cameras above her, cameras oh, on the sides and so stuff. Awesome. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, but eventually, you decided that that wasn't worth it anymore to you. Mm-hmm. You know, things changed, and and she started to grow professionally. So you did these cooking classes. And then you were um, a provider for insurance companies for um, one-on-one sessions for people to recommend what they should eat and how they should manage uh, lifestyle illnesses, diabetes, things like that. Yeah. Um, didn't you Didn't you have, you had a client that was um, having trouble getting pregnant? Yeah, I've had a couple clients where, um, you know, fertility was an issue and, and if, it depends. Some, you know, some clients that I've seen, you know, have issues with fertility and sometimes it's related to hormone imbalances and things like polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. Uh, diabetes is another one. That can affect um, um, trying to get pregnant and the success rate of that. Yeah, because it can also affect like insulin levels and things like that. So, so. these clients would see you and mm-hmm. you would make recommendations to them to change their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And they went from not being able to have a baby to being able to have a baby, mm-hmm. which I thought was remarkable. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you would never think a dietitian would get involved in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I'm sure that was extremely gratifying for you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with uh, with counseling in general, I just want to, like, just backtrack a second. Um, you know, everything is confidential. And so, you know, and speaking about any clients, as you're kind of referencing, it's always something that, um, you know, is more general. <laughs> Cats here. Yeah, she is. Um, it's more generalized. But, um, but, yeah, I've had a few clients where they were able to um, then conceive a baby. Um, and Incredible. Yeah, so... That's cool. And that's what you did for a while. Mm-hmm. So you had a private practice, you were a provider for insurance companies, and you had one-on-one clients. Um, you, you had like a, didn't you, you had a walking group at one point? Yeah, so I still, it's kind of on hold right now, but I did a, a walking group, a walking and fitness group where okay. I would do like 
we did bodyweight exercises just at a park. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, so you also went to, you were the provider for a company or two where you were their on-site dietitian on a contractual basis. Yeah. So there's a couple of um, companies and some I still work with virtually now um, where I am one of their dietitians that are kind of, I don't work for them, but they contract with. So, so they would contract Felicia to go to their offices and it was just like a blitz of like 10 or 15 people in one day who would yep. see you for like a half hour or an hour or whatever it was. Yep. So sometimes it was one-on-one sessions where I would see like, you know, anywhere from like five to 15 clients in one day. Yeah. Um, sometimes it was for like lunch and learn type stuff. And so I would have like back-to-back like 20 or 30 minute okay. um, like power lessons almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. <laughs> uh, but you know, you were you were essentially a contract employee for these big companies. Yes. To go in and, and, and be the so subject matter expert and, and and see their employees as a part of their benefits program because obviously if a company wants to take care of its employees and they don't want them to get sick and things like that you know stay productive uh, part of that is is having a healthy lifestyle and providing your services to their employees is a benefit for them Mm -hmm. and that was something else that you did yeah as part of your private practice yes Mm -hmm. and now currently you are under the employee of a college Yes. So still have the practice, but I am now full-time, um, tenure tracked. So I'm not tenured just yet. You're on the way. But I'm on the, the track <laughs> into being that. So. Teaching nutrition yes. full-time. Ironically, teaching the class that doctors would be taking. Yeah. Most of my students are um, are nursing students, but it's, it's the same type of class that if like, like a... Basics. Yeah. It covers the basics of nutrition and then a little bit of... Um, you know, each of the life cycles. So like pregnancy and senior uh, nutrition. Got it. So, so now currently you still have your practice. Mm-hmm. You're still a provider for some insurance companies. Yes. That, and then also now you're, you're a full-time, um, well, you are a full-time uh, college professor in effect. Yeah. Not a professor just yet. Still the considered... word professor is a protected term, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's like, you have so many years of experience. So, got it. Um, professor track. Yeah, I'm an, I'm considered professor. <laughs> I'm considered an instructor and then I think in a year I'll be an assistant professor and then okay. in two or three years. I didn't realize there were so many levels to Semantics. This. You're a college <laughs> professor, whatever. There's a I'm whole going chart. With that. Yeah. All right. So so that's cool. So mm-hmm. so and now and now Felicia is is teaching at a college. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough. And so let's just um recap your career up to this point very quickly. I'm just gonna piece through it and you, you tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So undergrad, mm-hmm. internship. Yes. Um, you become a dietitian. You're working at the YMCA mm-hmm. as a, sort of a community dietitian. Mm-hmm. You got a job at a supermarket. Yes. And you were sort of a commercial dietitian or what would you call it? I guess? Retail. Retail dietitian. Mm-hmm. Um, you started your private practice. Mm-hmm. And you were a, a private practice dietitian for insurance providers and big companies. You did group cooking classes for other companies. And now you are settled into teaching at a college, nutrition classes. Mm-hmm. And all, all and she's not, she's like not, not even 30 years old yet. So I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. Um, uh, so there's just a lot of stuff that you did as a dietitian. That's not even the typical, because when, and it's, partially my career and my exposure but when i think of it when i think of a dietitian i think of the lady with the lab coat scooting around in the hospital 
you know, throwing two feedings at nurses and, and telling patients to stop eating so much bacon. Like that's yeah. my impression of a dietitian. That's that's what most people's impression of a dietitian is, to be honest. Okay. And and even even like as a student, I I thought the same thing. I thought I was going to have to work in clinical, and that I didn't realize there was all these other avenues for you know being a dietitian. So. Tons and tons of branching paths available mm-hmm. to you. And just coincidentally, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but you are also a certified personal trainer. Yes. You got your certificate for that like a year or two ago, right? Um, yeah, it was actually last uh, January 2019. Okay. Yep. So, um, so you're a certified personal trainer, a little mm-hmm. over a year, and you work that into your business. Some yes. of your clients seek uh, training advice and mm-hmm. fitness plans, and you're now accredited to uh, administer that advice also. Yes. And you recently completed a class on health coaching yeah so i just went through a training program for health coaching so i'm i'm what's a health coach so in in pennsylvania it's kind of a broad term um with a health coach you you basically um you can give like general nutrition education okay um, but you can't something do... i would say you're qualified to do yes <laughs> one one reason there's a couple reasons why i i went into health coaching um one was we're actually looking to create that program um, at the oh, college. Oh, so you so you're you're creating the program at at the college you're teaching. So you wanted to become a student of the program itself. Yeah, because we the goal was for actually this program to become like a national, um, a part of the national exam. And so the national exam, um, you have to in order to teach this course, you have to be. A nationally recognized, right? <laughs> yeah, so I had to be a health coach first. It's funny that um, you have to get a sort of lesser credential to teach something. Yeah, you're and definitely it's, way qualified to teach. Yeah, and it was, you know, I just finished the course, and then I'm, um, I have to sit for the national exam in October. Um, that's so funny. And it's one thing that's been really helpful that was this last kind of um, piece that I was in went through a lot of like motivational interviewing, which is what I use in, in counseling sessions. Oh and, like, yeah, of course, helping people change and. You know, most people come to me knowing what to do, which is the doing it. So. so that aspect of being a health coach is different from just typical dietetics because it's sort of concentrated. It's very specific. Yes. And one thing with that I learned throughout this program is that, you know, they are very clear on that, you know, they cannot give, you know, meal plans, dietary advice like that. No working with diseases. So what can they do? It's more so facilitating someone to take action for themselves and okay. working in conjunction with other health professionals. So... Um, you know, you can talk with people about their diet, but not give them necessarily the, you know, you need to do this or that, but more okay. helping them to. So it's kind of a guide. Yeah. You're partnering with them in a sense and, and they're choosing what to do. Um, you're kind of, I'm going to say coaching. But you're, you're well, basically no coaching. coaching. It's yeah, appropriate. That's, that's a good word. Yeah. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. cool. Uh, that's that's quite a varied uh, rap sheet of experience and um, expertise you racked up there. Now, I don't know if I'm branching off a little too far, and I don't know exactly what you've done specifically, but isn't there a sort of mental health aspect to some of the things that you do? Yeah, so it's something I'm kind of diving into more in terms of, like, what the research says and supporting of it. But, um, you know, it, it was just like a common theme I was coming across a lot with you know, mental health, it's, you know, the food you eat and how that affects your mood. Um, food and mood. Food and mood connection, yeah. Or yeah. or the opposite, too, like how, you know, how food affects your mood, but also how your mood can affect your food choices, you know. Right. So. It, I'm bored. I'm going to eat chips. Yeah. You know, that or, you know, someone's feeling kind of down it's the dumps. I struggle every day. <laughs> Not that. 
being bored <laughs> and eating chips. Bored and chips. <laughs> so oh. so it's just it's just funny how how broad stroking or like how broad strokes some of the stuff the stuff it just how how far reaching um, dietetics is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you, it's just you, you, there's a lot there. You, there are a lot of options as a dietitian for what to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and I mean, I've had a couple of different avenues that I've been in, in with, but there's there's so many other options out there and so many other places that you might see a dietitian like with sports teams. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. See, I, so when I was a manager, I had an intern for the food service management rotation for their rotation. And it was a young man who it's very it's very unusual to see a young man mm-hmm. involved in uh, dietetics. It's very dominantly female. Yes. Right. And uh, this young man, he was in the process of becoming a, a sports dietitian. Mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. And of course, those guys, the you know professional teams, are going to work with dietitians to keep their diets good and, and keep themselves fit and healthy for their for their sport. Yeah. So it's just another avenue that uh, dietitian, dietitians are essential in um, providing care for. Yeah. It's interesting. So that's just a, a, a taste of, of what a dietitian does and what they can do. And it's quite varied. It's, it's, it's very deep and surprisingly broad. Yes. Um, and so you have some specific experience in a handful of areas, but not nearly all of them. No. Yeah. There's Even, so many different areas. So, so a clinical dietitian is the one that works in a hospital. Yes. But a clinical dietitian can have many roles aside from just being the one that kind of assigns the two beatings and recommends diets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some dietitians that that's their, you know, area of expertise and usually they'll get additional certifications. But, you know, there's other dietitians that work with, um, uh, like they do outpatient counseling through the hospital. Or oh, right. Yeah, we work. had, there was one at our hospital. Yeah. yeah. And they like some that work with dialysis patients, some that work particular in like a, a certain floor. So like cardiac care unit or... Um, oncology depending on you know what different areas are in the hospital so there's they might specialize in one area even within the hospital setting too yeah huge hospitals have like a fleet of dietitians yeah it's kind of crazy when i was up at lehigh valley uh hospital in pennsylvania it's it's a massive like 500 something bed hospital they literally had like this team of dietitians there was a bunch of them Mm -hmm. pretty crazy so anyway uh lots of different roles a dietitian can partake in and tons of different things that they can do, different environments that they can work in. Super interesting. Kind of mm-hmm. crazy. You would never know it if you didn't. Is there any other that come to mind that are interesting and kind of out there that we didn't really touch on yet? Like different roles? Yeah. Or different um, jobs, maybe? I mean, there's a couple a couple other ones I could be with. Um, and we were just talking about sports, but I like I know a few dietitians that worked for like the Phillies. So far. Oh, right. <laughs> you did a little bit of work for the, with, the, with someone for the Phillies, didn't you? Um, or was ShopRite partnered with the yeah, Phillies? Yeah, they do like a program yeah. with them. We went to a Phillies game and got lots of sunburn and had oh, really good right. seats. I forgot. We handed out snacks. And we handed out <laughs> snacks out, out front. Like healthy snacks. Yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot about that. Super, uh, like a nice perk. That was a lot of fun. To go to a Phillies game. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, so they um, work with you were saying? Oh, so um, with dietitians, they work with like the Phillies or even like like major like NFL teams. Um, okay. So that's like one area we were talking about, so, like sports in general. But um, other areas could be like dialysis clinics too, um, food banks or food pantries. Sometimes dietitians partner there with right. like food insecurity. So that's a big area. Yeah. Um, Isn't there a corporate side too? Yep. So corporate dietitians, there's some that work for like um 
like big companies like General Mills or Campbell Soup. Um, they all have dietitians. Yeah, they all have dietitians. They work on those recipes that you see on their, their right. websites. Or, they, they're managing the food labels and whatnot, I assume. Yeah, they're talking a lot with like how other products too, like you know, product inventions that, you know, what people are trending with too. So it's really interesting. I went to a few test kitchens too. With Cam, yeah. So. I always <laughs> think those are so cool. If you ever see these test kitchens where they're testing products or they're like taking pictures for marketing materials, mm-hmm. just like a weirdly sterile environment with like yeah. lots of crazy tools that you would never see elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Really, really interesting environments to, to be involved in professionally. Yeah. So uh, what else? Um, so like working with, with companies like that, some work with like larger corporations too. Um, wasn't there a board of dietitians for ShopRite that was like a next level up sort of corporate? Yeah. So like the corporate for ShopRite is called Wakefern. Um, and so there was those corporate level dietitians and then the retail store dietitians. So the corporate level dietitians, you know, um, they did a lot partnering with the major companies. So like we would get samples, you know, boxes every couple of months of like just all these different samples. And, oh, yeah. you know, they would facilitate that. They facilitated all the trainings. They worked with... Um, creating some of the bigger kind of branded programs like mm-hmm. cooking classes across all the stores so it's all kind of unified so there was a ton of i mean you had a lot of flexibility in what you could do at the store level too but they offered so many different resources um so there were corporate dietitians at that level too like a level above where it's like a you know they're they're essentially working in a, in a very corporate environment but mm-hmm. they're still a dietitian they just you know don't touch yes. food it's more of like a paper pusher kind of thing I would assume. yeah they they more so managed the dietitians than anything else and right. worked with the, the companies but they didn't necessarily do one-on-one counseling or more more stuff. of a more of a concentrated expertise as a manager where they had you know their understanding and their their credential and they they were a, in effect a manager yeah yeah so there there were also um food service managers Mm-hmm. Um, in, in hospitals and other settings that were like, they had their RD, they were a registered dietitian, but they also had their certified dietary manager and, um, their CDM and they were the manager of, of mm-hmm. a hospital's food and nutrition department or, um, you know, a school's food and nutrition yeah, like the food service man. I have a couple of dietitians who um, are dietitian food service manager. They have like a split title. Yeah, and they work a few work at school districts where they you know take care of all the food service management roles, which I'm not a hundred percent. So they're so they're like a one person show. They do. Yes. Oh, that's a brutal job. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot more with like menus and allergies than they do with like counseling. Okay. Um, yeah, and more of course. Educating with staff. So it's yeah, like, like food safety and stuff. Yes. Ooh, yeah. I, I would hate to be the dietitian <laughs> and the manager. It's a lot there. Wow. So yeah. It, just you wouldn't you wouldn't think of this stuff when you mm-hmm. think of a dietitian for what they do yeah and what they can do and what they can get into lots of different opportunities you know with with all the um the protesting going on and everything right now and and everyone's kind of feeding um the the funnel of 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 well you know there's a lot of sensitivity right now around the issues that are happening in the country um and, th- and it makes sense of course but um, one thing you wouldn't expect is to see uh, things about diversity in your field mm-hmm. coming up and in question. And one thing I would just like to highlight is that, well, no wonder um, you don't have more diversity because there's such a, a, a big barrier to entry. Yeah. So you have to get your a four year degree. Soon mm-hmm. you'll need a six like a master's degree. Yep. And you have to do an unpaid nine month long internship, mm-hmm. and you have to pay to apply for it. 
Yeah. So it puts a financial constraint on who's able to even partake in these programs. I just thought that was noteworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's something that maybe there should be a change to in the future, possibly to lower the barrier of entry, at least financially. Yeah, it's one of the things of even even like some people were saying, like even just making the internship paid because the the two, the thing that they recommend is for you to not work. They don't want you to work at all through the internship. Yeah. So, you know, it's just there's so many different you know barriers along the way, and then it's like that big cost on top of it. Yeah, you just, were you were in a fortunate position that you had been working for so long prior to that point that you had enough savings to get through that period. Yeah. And luckily, you know, I had the kind of job where I was able to work flexible hours and I taught gymnastics. So, you know, it was things that went on the weekends. And so I was able to finagle my schedule, but I didn't have like a hard shift time during the week. Like some people do it's being by four, you know, you can just can't do that with an internship. How do you maintain that? How do you raise a family? You know, I don't, I, there was, there was some people in my internship class who had like a lot of little kids or they had like newborns and, you know, it just, I couldn't imagine, and they made it through. I just, you know, rough. I can't imagine. I'm sure it was really rough. <laughs> but yeah, so you have to go through quite a bit, but there are a lot of different opportunities. Um, you know, it's not exactly the most glamorous, high paying job once you're out of college, especially as an entry level clinical dietitian. Yeah. Which is another thing I think is crazy that that's the current state of the economy where you got to pay a hand, in, uh, uh, hand over fist just to, to pay your way through college. Mm hmm pay for an internship all for a job that has a median income in like the 40s yeah (laughs) 40s 40 something thousand a year yeah just it's just i don't know but felicia had a passion for the job and of course Mm -hmm. it wasn't about the money it was about the passion for the for the profession obviously you've done really well for yourself yeah you're doing great now um okay so you know that's a lot of different areas of practice uh i think we we covered pretty much everything you have to take um continuing ed credits though don't you yes so you need 75 continuing ed credits every five years um and so with those actually just did a couple uh yesterday but you can do like self-study courses you can go to seminars you can go to do webinars online which is kind of what's happening right now yeah um yeah, you're, you're always on a webinar or something <laughs> well that with everything everything's a webinar now but yeah <laughs> so, you used to uh, go to stuff before too yeah i would go to like conference like there's there's the day-long conferences i went to a symposium that was um yeah i forgot that was but <laughs> i remember you traveling for some stuff yeah yeah you could definitely there's so many things you could do with you know. But you have to take so many continuing ed credits every five years, was it you said? Yeah. So mine is a five-year cycle, but it's 75 every five years. So some people do like a one-year cycle, but they need, you know. X amount yeah. per year. Um, and then since I'm also in PA, there's licensure. So there's state licensure. So I have a state license. And with that, I need 30 continuing eds every two years. So, so you they overlap, though. You use they, 30 of the 75 yeah, for... Yeah, but PA. there's a little bit more of a... Like every two years, you need 30. So then like putting your oh. license... It's like... Yeah. Kind of doesn't... You know, and it's well, fine. It I usually end up, up with more anyway. I mean, it, it lines up. You do two years for 30, two years for 30, and then one year for 15 for your 75. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. So yep. it lines up. Yeah. So it's just something else that you have to do to maintain your credential. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I just like, would like to stress the idea that this is all she does. <laughs> Food. Food and how it affects your body, what the literature says, mm-hmm. what the science says. It is very objective. And there is just not much room for opinion, frankly. Yeah, most of the opinion, and I think most of where the headbutting comes in is how you translate the science, you know, how you, 
and I that I think where a lot of people have different opinions on how that that goes. But sure, and 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 you as someone who is steeped in the literature and is very used to looking at it, you know what to look for in terms of what science is saying versus what some people maybe want it to say. Yeah. It's interesting how that works. Mm-hmm. So that's something else that you end up doing a lot as a dietitian, as, assuming you're applied and um, you keep up with current trends and, and what's coming down the pike. Definitely. That's some, that's something, you know, it's, you know, there's certain aspects that are changing. You know, there's some core stuff that happens in your body that doesn't change necessarily. Right, no, of course. But there's like... like Well, the, different foods are constantly being created. Yeah, or they're learning more like about the gut microbiome. Oh, yeah. Like that's a huge... It's crazy town. They're, they're learning so much about that area. So that's an area where you, you definitely want to be on top of the research. Yeah. There's, there's more bacteria cells in your gut that then, than there are you cells in your yeah, body. Like I you know. are more bacteria than you are. <laughs> genetically you isn't that weird to it think is about? very weird we are all vessels for bacteria <laughs> pretty much delicious when i read that i was like hmm yeah whatever <laughs> they're doing good stuff for you and then so yeah. like what you eat affects the culture of yes. the bacteria in your gut so it mm-hmm. literally changes your bacterial environment which can have all kinds of crazy effects it's so deep there's so much to it are there not research dietitians, sort of like science dietitians? Yeah, there's um, there's I there's a couple that actually I was just um on a thing with one, but uh, there's some dietitians that actually are in researches so and they're they are, they are research dietitians. Yeah, they're that a is part. Their job. Yep, they're a part of the studies. They're helping with the design pro. Like they're like in the actual research process itself. In effect, they're sort of like a research biologist, except specifically yeah. for nutrition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Just another, another area. <laughs> just something else that you guys get into, all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm. So, you know, we've talked a lot about what dietitians can do, all different types of roles that they can fill. Um, is there anything that we missed that you think is interesting to touch on? Uh, so Role-wise or just... Just roles, yeah, that, that uh, a dietitian can fill. I, I mean, think, we've... we've. I think I'm, I'm trying to like rack So much, so, so I much mean, stuff. The other one I would just probably want to point out would be... Um, there's different special, I mean, I know I mentioned like cancer and stuff like that, but there's also, you can specialize, you could specialize, like there's some dietitians that work also in, um, bariatrics too. They work at like clinics or bariatric, just explain briefly for, oh, sorry. Uh, bariatric surgery. So if someone's having like gastric bypass, like let's say someone's like five or 600 pounds, um, and they're going to get some kind of, you know, a lap band, um, they're going to get part of their stomach removed or, you know, staple, any of that kind of so stuff. So a dietitian may be specializing in that sort of treatment. Yes, where they would be working with them before surgery. Um, and usually they're on a very strict diet to, you know, maintain that weight loss. And then they work with them after because depending on the type of surgery, there's a lot of nutrient deficiencies. Um, right. of course. You know, yeah. And then um, pediatric dietitian is another huge area too. So Specializing in uh, working with children and parents too. Yeah. Yeah, and some people work in, like, the outpatient role. So, um, you know, like, one-on-one with families or, you know, with kids. But there's other dietitians that work specifically, like, inpatient. So, like, you know, at different pediatric hospitals. Um, so that would be another kind of big area, too. Yeah, and I guess you, there are probably geriatric dietitians to some extent. Yeah, yeah. There's And there's even, like, specialty, you know, Within aspects, that. too. Yep. Yeah, of <laughs> so, course. And some mm-hmm. dietitians specialize. Like, didn't didn't you kind of for a while have a specialty in, in diabetes and pre-diabetes? Yeah, I didn't get like a, uh, one of the certifications is a certified diabetes educator. Um, I didn't go that route just because I was finding more people where they had, most people that I was working with just had diabetes, but never had proper education on it. So they were told to watch their sugars or, right. you know, and 
people don't bit. know what that means. We we touched on that a little bit on our last episode with fruit, which you can check out in one of the links. I'll leave probably a little something to pop up in a card in the corner or something. But yeah, we talked yeah. about that last week. Yeah, and like that's a vague watching your sugars. What does that even mean? Like people are like, I don't put sugar in my coffee, so like that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many layers that, but um, but yeah, I was working a lot with um people who had. To, I keep like punching the microphone. <laughs> I'm talking You're my so hands too violent. much. Very um, Italian of you. <laughs> no, I'm gonna sit on my hands. Um. But dietitians yeah. can specialize in particular lifestyle illnesses, chronic diseases, that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Like I know dietitians who special, specialize in like PCOS or um, even vegan. Polycystic dietitian. ovarian syndrome. Yes. Right. Sorry. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Why are you apologizing? <laughs> One of her bad habits. You're too polite. <laughs> I am. Anyway. Um, I know other dietitians who uh, specialize particularly in like the plant-based aspect or vegan aspect, but also for children and like baby led weaning where you're like you know not just spoon feeding a child but having them pick up the food and eat it themselves so there's gotcha. so many different little areas too right it's exciting hot take <laughs> alert hot take alert coming up so as a dietitian mm-hmm. as an expert in food which we've effectively gone over the many many reasons why you are that <laughs> so in your expert experience i won't mm-hmm. even say the word opinion because it doesn't need to be said mm-hmm. Is a vegan diet, is a plant-based diet, 100% plant-based, no animal products, is that diet safe and adequate for all stages of life? Yep, safe and adequate for all stages of life, and that includes pregnancy nutrition all the way through, um, you know, senior health. And then it also includes children, too. And, you know, there's things to, you know, consider, but it's 100% the research supports, um, you know, plant-based, vegan, you know. You heard it here, folks. Mm. Certified personal trainer, dietitian, extraordinaire, Felicia Peraza, PerazaNutrition.com, hereby not endorsing per se, but stating the fact that a plant-based, 100% plant-based vegan diet is suitable for all stages of life. Yeah, absolutely. And will not make your teeth fall out or <laughs> your hair fall out or other weird things that I've heard. Yeah. I mean, that's if you're you're not eating well, but that's that's a side to like. Yeah, just, <laughs> a, just a, a brief aside. I just I just wanted to I just wanted to get your hot, your hot take on that hottakes.com. No, absolutely. Uh, so, as uh, as a dietitian, mm-hmm. um, how how can you help someone? So, what can you do for someone to help them in your professional role? So, I can help people in a couple ways, and um, it's one of the first things. Like when I have a new client, is I always ask them like what they're looking to get out of it. But some people come to me for weight loss, so I might help them with managing their diet. And I'm not a proponent of like strict calorie control diets because most of the time people don't focus on the quality of the food, but they focus counting. On the quantity? Yeah, they focus on like counting calories and, you know. So, quality over quantity applies to food. Yes. So, How about that? You know, calories could be a tool, but they just they just hang people up too much. So Got that's it. A, that's yeah. an aside. But um, but yeah, I can help people with with weight loss. Um, so that's one of the major things people come to me for. Um, management of a disease, so diabetes in particular. Actually, I had a couple clients today that I was working with. Well, not for just diabetes. not just diabetes though. Not just diabetes. Heart disease, kidney disease, liver disease. Yep. So I often have people like with heart disease, like they have cholesterol, and then that you know, what spurs them into seeing a dietitian, you know, is they have high cholesterol. How do I manage that? Right. Um, especially some people are looking to, you know, manage their diet before their next appointment because they don't know what's going to happen. So sure. It's <laughs> like, just like, you know, brushing your teeth a lot before you go to the dentist. Yeah. Yeah, basically. 
Um, you are the proverbial toothbrush. <laughs> so, um, I have some people who, um, you know, come to me because they're looking for fueling the best way. So maybe not even for weight loss, but just performance, make, performance, nutrition. Sports. Yep. So sports, nutrition, or a combination of like plant-based and sports. So they're, you know, vegetarian or vegan and they want to make sure that they're eating to support their workouts, like the style of eating with that. So got it. That's another big one. Um, What's the most interesting thing you think you've done, I guess? Hmm. Maybe aside from the, the lady who had the baby, which is um, super interesting not to discredit <laughs> it. I'm just, you know, kind of, we already talked about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I would say that like some of my, the, my bigger things are like when someone, you know, gets labs back and like their cholesterol drops like a hundred points. It's like due to your instruction with them and them working with you. Yeah. Or like someone who, um, like their, you know, their lab changes. Those are always like really exciting moments, um, for yeah. clients and their A1C improves or something. Yeah. So like they, they like see the power of, you know, the food, the exercise, um, that or like a, an aha moment about, like lifestyle because I, I always get people who they know what to do like they tell me i know what to do i'm just not doing it and they're like so how can you help me <laughs> how can you help me convince <laughs> so, myself to do what i know i need to do yeah so it kind of becomes a mental sort of thing yeah you... it's kind of like unpacking that like what you know what's mentally blocking them and sometimes it's motivation maybe they don't maybe they're not interested in like this avenue they think they have to count calories or they have to do all this meal prep and it's you know that that's what they think they have to do to be successful and sometimes kind of scaling it back a little bit by bit yeah so one of the one of the impressions that i always got that a dietitian in your in your sort of role does for someone is well for one accountability Mm -hmm. someone else cares about what you're eating you're checking in with someone and some of your clients you 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 respond to email and and things like that Mm -hmm. or you have programs where that's sort of built into the package and and also um you know just someone else caring about what you're doing and then um, sort of the specific things, like if people don't know like what to do, you don't necessarily do meal plans, mm-hmm. but you 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 encourage just healthy changes. Yeah. And like with, you know, most people, I've, I've had so many people come to me, they're like, I just need a diet plan or I just need a meal plan. And, you know, it's funny because people say that, but when I've created meal plans in the past, you know either didn't follow them at all. They just kind of like sat on the table yeah. or like they followed them for a few days and kind of like, ah, you know, it, it didn't, it kind of put a bandaid on the issue. It didn't actually solve the root. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, attacking uh, a problem and not a symptom of a problem. Yes. And so that's where you have to do the deep dive to figure out like why someone wants to change, what's motivating them, figuring out their, their reason why, like, why are they doing this? And then making things that are realistic for them. Like, you know, a lot of people set these crazy goals and, you know, smaller little steps along the way. You just said something that just triggered like a bunch of business school stuff in me, like finding the why (laughs) that's like a Simon Sinek Mm -hmm. type of motivational leadership. Jesus, Mm -hmm. I'm just like swimming in my leadership material from my, (laughs) my previous career now. But yeah, and, that, and that's it's funny that you happened upon that as as mm-hmm. someone who's doing what you're doing. It's just interesting that that's you know that's the approach. Yeah, and it, I'm sure it's very helpful. Yeah, and it's you know even with meal planning because I just I just did this today actually. Um, you know sometimes people are at a point where they're like I see so much in the media and I just I want to know what are the best things to eat. And if you talk too broadly so about someone it, someone is saying I see this and that in the media to you. Mm-hmm. They're saying I see this and that in the media. I just want to know what I should eat. Yes, that's what they're saying to yep. you. And so 
you know, one thing I I'll often do is share like some resources of, you know, what a healthy plate could look like and just give them examples. And then just letting them know what foods are what. Like what is a protein? What is a carbohydrate? What yeah, are vegetables? You know what's <laughs> you know what's so funny is that that's not that's not common knowledge. Mm-mm. A lot of people don't know what what a protein or a carb is. And I had yeah. friends when I was in my early 20s um when I was first getting into this stuff that it's, you know, you forget that that's not really something everyone knows about. Yeah. Like people don't know that bread is is carbs. Mm-hmm. Some some people think that that's got protein or, you know, whatever. Just, yeah. It's just funny that that's, you know, it's it's something that's so ubiquitous now you hear about protein like all the time and you kind of know <laughs> now what it is and whatever. But um, it's just, this stuff is, it's it is simultaneously something that a lot of people have an opinion about mm-hmm. but also don't know very much about. Yeah. Which is super interesting to me. And it's it's funny that you have to um, kind of navigate that so much professionally as a dietitian, yeah, in, in that private practice sort of role. Yeah, like some of it is debunking, you know, a myth with a client, and right. depending on the client, sometimes you know, just going through little pieces of it is helpful, and they kind of move on from it. And some clients, they want me to send them the research; they want to look at the, you know, look at it for themselves. And so, you know, that's where it you become <laughs> a research funnel. Yeah, yeah, and um. And that's, it's kind of like a dance almost, you know, and not being too much of an expert, you know, and, and how you talk to someone, because that could be super off-putting, you know. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> so it's I'm like sure. kind of finding that balance between giving them credible information, but also in little spits that are, you know, helpful for them. So making it digestible. Yeah. So that was something that I was thinking about earlier that I kind of forgot to say, but like you, a lot of what you do is that you, you sort of demystify mm-hmm. the stuff, <laughs> demystify, simplify you make it digestible. You make it easy to understand mm-hmm. because food and uh, nutrition is something that is often perceived as extremely complex. I mean, that is what everyone describes it as. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. It's not that complicated. It's just like everything else. You just need to um, hear it from the people who know it best. Yeah. That and like, you know, I think we kind of mentioned this before, but like, you know, with overcomplicating things, it's also the emotional side of it, which is why I also want to kind of get more into that area. But, um, you know, the emotional side and how your mood basically affects your, your food intake, but also, you know, how there's so many things, you know, in food. It's it, we eat when we're, we're sad, we're excited first family celebrate. Like there's so many. F- yeah. Know. And there's a lot of connections to certain foods and certain emotions or certain activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I got to a point where I had a ritual where I would just kind of, it would, there would be like a heavy thunderstorm and I just, I love, ever since I was a kid, I would love, I loved watching thunderstorms and, and just like being in the, in, out in, and hearing the rain hitting the car and stuff. And, um, I would, I would hop in the car and drive to Taco Bell <laughs> and I would get a bunch of burritos and just hang out in the car, listen to the rain and, and maybe throw, throw on a podcast or something. And it got to the point where. Every time there was a thunderstorm, I want to talk about it. It makes absolutely no sense. It's a weird Pavlovian response. Mm-hmm. But there are these weird, intricate relationships that people develop with food where there's like a sort of emotional dependence mm-hmm. on the food. Yeah. And the food makes you feel a certain way, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. Yeah. That and like the habit aspect. Like I, I had a couple clients where they would come home 
Um, some were teachers and they'd come home at like four o'clock, they'd have a snack, they'd have a soda. And it was something they did as a child. And they just kind of continue that. And they're like, I'm not even hungry sometimes. <laughs> but if you don't do it, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Like they felt like they were missing something. Yeah. So. Ooh, I had a lot of bad habits at work from mm-hmm. that. Let yeah. me tell you, when you work in a kitchen, it's even harder to manage. Yeah. But. So there's a lot you can do for someone. Yeah. And, you know, and just like with that kind of scenario, there is no one size fits all approach. So like that's that's a huge thing, too, is every client is different and every every person I work with is absolutely different. There's never going to be the same approach to work with somebody. Um, and that's what you also get with working with a dietitian is someone who's going to personalize it for you. A personalized experience. No one knows you better than you. And the best way you can help someone help you is to connect with them personally. Mm-hmm. So a one-on-one appointment with a dietitian is very valuable because they can cater their recommendations and your um, path with, with eating and healthy lifestyle to exactly how you are and what you're doing and what your interests and, and needs and tastes are. Absolutely. So there's definitely value to the personal experience that you get when you work one-on-one with a dietitian. Mm-hmm. It seems that way. Yes. <laughs> it's a very valuable vocation. And I, I just, I hate how undersold it is. I wish, I wish it was more front and center in healthcare. I wish it was talked about more. I wish dietitians were brought in as the experts for food in all cases, um, not just some of the time. I mean, nothing against doctors, but doctors do enough. Doctors mm-hmm. do so much as it is. Uh, we shouldn't. We should maybe not put that that pressure on on doctors. Let doctors be doctors. Let dietitians be dietitians. Yes. Doctors are already so so busy as it is. Um, let's let's pass some of the burden off to another type of expert, perhaps. Mm-hmm. That's just you know let 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 dietitians be allies to doctors and have them work together. You know. Absolutely. I think it would be great to have dietitians as as more of a front and center part of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Me personally. Just just throwing it out there. You know, no bias or anything. Of course not. Totally <laughs> not. Hello. So well, we've been going for it. We got an hour and nine here. I mm. think I think we had all of our notes. Um, you know. What else you got? Um, the only thing I just want to mention is just in PA specifically. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, sorry. In the United States of America. <laughs> um stop apologizing. I know. I thought you were just not skip that. Okay. <laughs> so um one thing I just want to mention is that in Pennsylvania, the term nutritionist is not a regulated term right now. There is a bill that, uh, I just got another update about it, but it hasn't been passed just yet. There's there's a lot of issues right now. So there's a bill in process to protect the term nutritionist. Yes. Why you're saying this, I believe, Mm -hmm. is because right now, Anyone can just call themselves a nutritionist. Yes, in in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. In other states, there there are some. There are some. Know. There are some states where it's protected, and you you have to have some kind of credential. Yep. So in those states, is it akin to dietitian? That term. It depends. Some of them are lumped together. So like how it's supposed to be in PA, if this bill passes, is it'll be dietitian, dietitian, nutritionist, or nutritionist all refers to... A registered diet- dietitian with the credential nationally yep. recognized. Yes, it all... So then in it. some states, you can call yourself a nutritionist and not have an RD credential, and in other states, that's illegal. Yes. Oh, that's so it's, confusing. It is confusing. That's, that's part of the problem, is it's confusing, and then there's also issues with then working across state lines as a dietitian. God, that's that's got to become and, a national thing. Yeah. That's, See, that's part of the problem. People don't understand that. It's just... A nutritionist, someone who calls themselves a nutritionist, they're not necessarily some 
an expert. Exactly. And that's why, you know, some people use those terms interchangeably because they don't realize that there's a difference. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of people who proclaim themselves as a nutritionist have, I've seen some people proclaim themselves as a nutritionist that have like an English background. Like, like no, their degree is like an English. Yeah. Like no degree. science, no, no, not little nutrition, but no, like not even a science related. They have like a bachelor's in communications and, and they're calling themselves a nutritionist. Yeah. It's just not a protected term. Across the United States, it may be different in other countries, Canada, the UK, mm -hmm. other places, I'm sure it's different. But here in the United States, uh, a lot of people can call themselves a nutritionist and get away with it, even if they don't have any kind of credential or official um, accredited expertise. Yeah. And the whole, you know, the whole thing with like the state licensure or the state, um, yeah, state license is that it's to protect the public from of course from being know. swindled and bamboozled exactly but there's a lot of backlash to it right now which is why it's taking forever. what from all the fake dietitians uh yeah like um and some companies that utilize um coaches like um not i'm not necessarily saying health coaches but just like a coach as in like a trainer who also gives nutrition information so and, they can't call themselves nutritionists because they're only a personal trainer yes so yes Wow. So, and I'm not saying that everyone who's a trainer and a nutritionist, you know, or a health coach, you know, isn't providing valuable information. There's just, there's so much, there's so much misinformation that I've had I'll clients. I'll say it. You know? I'll say it. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't think most personal trainers who are providing nutrition advice are providing good advice. No. And it's the only time I've seen it be really good is when they're also working with a dietitian. Like the trainer connects yeah. with the dietitian you know but. most of most personal trainers are like gym bros that that their idea of of good nutrition advice is like eating chicken and broccoli yeah or like unrealistic i've seen so i had one client who was their um trainer told them they should only be eating a thousand calories a day along with along with the training regimen and no carbs <laughs> it's just like no carbs yeah it was just your body's fuel source is carbohydrates no <laughs> carbs i mean you know do your thing if you're on keto or whatever we don't we don't need to get into that but a thousand calories a day is like what holocaust victims were eating just that's an insanely small number of calories yeah. to eat every day for like months yeah you know maybe as a temporary thing if you dial back your calories for a few days a week or something like that or it's something you do very short term maybe then it's okay i guess but like to live that way yeah and it's that's not realistic it's not it's not realistic long term and the couple clients that i've that was working with this particular trainer they one of the things they were telling me was like they didn't want to tell them what they ate over the weekend or they felt guilty about what they ate or they were just hungry all the, it was just like this is this is not good <laughs> so, yeah so yeah, That's, I would yeah. say consult a dietitian and not mm -hmm. a personal trainer for advice. Even if you're the kind of person that wants to get jacked, if you want to get huge and ripped, that is something that you can also help somebody with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Didn't you have a uh, a client or two that that was like something that they... Yeah, like, you know, I, I say the majority of my clients are, are looking for weight loss, but I've had clients who are looking particularly for weight gain, um, but like muscle mass gain, or they were, right. you know, looking for more... Um, heavier training routines and they wanted to make sure that their what they were eating was yeah, going to support that supporting their exercise habits with their diet mm -hmm. right all kinds of different stuff you can get into yeah 
Yeah, we went off on a little tangent there about <laughs> I just pr- protected terms. No, I'm glad you brought is, uh, it up. It's something that that bugs me so much. Just oh, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, just it makes what bugs me about it is because I get so many clients that come to me that are just so frustrated. They've been on this diet and that diet, and then they work with someone who gives them this like blatantly incorrect information or makes it worse or like tells them that they're a bad person for eating cake on their birthday. And how it's dare like, you? how are you serious? Like. So, you know, it just. Long story short, (laughs) consult a dietitian. Do yourself a favor. Don't take nutrition advice from the local weight loss, uh, Weight Watchers chapter. Mm-hmm. Unless they're they're working with the dietitian, maybe I guess. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe maybe not so. Maybe don't be so quick to heed the advice of a personal trainer or someone who knows a personal trainer. Yeah, look at it through a critical eye, and you know, consult the experts, just like you would with anything else. You know, if if your if your plumbing goes awry, your your sink's busted, who do you call? You you don't call a mechanic. You call a plumber. <laughs> You call a plumber. No, you're right. You call a plumber to fix your plumbing. You call a mechanic to fix your car. You call a dietitian to figure out what to eat. (laughs) I don't know why this is a a point of contention. I don't know why everyone likes to pretend that they're an expert because they're uh, a keyboard warrior. They they know how to Google things. You know, I know how to I know how to change the oil on my bike. I'm not going to pretend that I know the ins and outs of how a motorcycle works. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Um, All right. Let's get off of that. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> the Peraza Nutrition Podcast brought to you by Felicia Peraza of perazanutrition.com. Um, Twitter.com slash perazanutrition. Instagram.com slash perazanutrition. If you want to see some good examples of those plates she was talking about, mm-hmm. some good looking plates of food, interesting recipe ideas. Um, and then YouTube.com slash perazanutrition. We have some, uh, well, if you're watching, that's where you are right now, hopefully, <laughs> or it's embedded somewhere, but there's a whole YouTube channel filled with Recipe videos, tips and tricks, points to talk about from a seasoned expert in the field. Felicia Peraza of ParazaNutrition.com, registered dietitian. That's me. Master's degree included, folks. <laughs> Pretty serious credentialing process. Just want to say it. All right. We want to wrap this up here? Yeah. Great. Thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you for watching. Um, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you found this on iTunes or something like that, maybe plug a review. Let us know how we're doing. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we will catch you next time. Thanks.